1: Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Good morning, hope you're doing well. You join me as Arsenal are just one. I know it went like that to go two, but no, one. One win. It has to be the next game, but one win away, technically, from the Champions. It's not even technically, it's just true, it's just facts. It's one win away from the Champions League qualification that we have craved for a very, very long time—six years since the last time Arsenal did manage this—and four clears, uh, four points clear at the top of the pre- this was at the top of the Premier League table. At the top of the top four race uh, is where Arsenal are this morning. But my goodness, do Arsenal want to put us through the ringer? How stressful was yesterday? I was watching. um James McNicholas's uh, Gunner Blogs video as he paced up and down the concourse because he just couldn't be in the ground anymore, he couldn't be in the stadium. And Arsenal really did put us through it. I don't. I was doing the blog yesterday for uh, for Football London and trying to work out how to type or how to try and convey this angst uh, that there was was near impossible. It was watching the game, writing about the game, watching the game, writing about the game, and I'm like, oh god, it was the most awful awful experience that we really didn't need to make it so blooming awful um <laughs> yeah, we did and yet We made it as awful as we feasibly could. Good morning, everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing well. This is not the usual news show. that We're going to discuss a couple of stories that have dropped this morning. Mohamed Elneny is in contract discussions with Arsenal now, according to The Athletic, uh, and we're now pretty confident about him signing a brand new contract. Erling Haaland is expected to sign for Manchester City this week, which could have a bearing on Gabriel Jesus' future. So plenty of things to discuss. Uh, but good morning, first of all, to everybody joining us in the chat box. Paul, good morning to you, to John, to Daniel, to Simon. Hope you're doing good, guys. Dom C, Harvey, Simon, uh, AFC Westmids, Inge, uh, Ansa, uh, Masia. Good morning to you, Brad, Femi, Blackshine, Afsar, Nick. Hope you're all doing good and well. AV, Dennis, Marcus, Martin, Mack. Uh, hope you're enjoying uh, the fallout from yesterday's game. Chris, and Chris was great yesterday, giving us plenty of videos. Uh, I still need to reply to you, Chris, and I will do that. Um, but uh, some fantastic videos from the ground outside the stadium yesterday that went onto the blog. And and speaking of which, thank you to everybody that did send in videos for the blog yesterday. It made it much more interactive, a lot more engaging and uh, I'm sure it will go down very, very well. So thank you everybody for that. Uh, Matt, Sue, good morning to you. MFB, Lynn, uh, we've got Max uh, and Zander, Thank you so much for becoming a member or renewing or upgrading or whatever it's taken, um, but thank you so much. Uh, and Jermaine as well. Thank you so much for helping to support the channel. Um, I think you're brand new as as far as my memory serves me correctly. It does get difficult when there's over 200 of you now. But thank you so much, Jermaine. Really appreciate the support. And I'm sure that the chat box is welcoming you into the TGT family with open arms as well. We're going to take your questions now. So let's get your thoughts, your theories, your queries and questions into the chat regarding yesterday's game, how you felt about it, how you're feeling about the North London Derby prospects a little bit later on this week. We've only got three days, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, after today, four, I suppose. But, you know, a very short space of time between now and the North London derby. How are you feeling? What is the feeling of yourself and those around you and your fellow Arsenal fans, maybe fellow Spurs fans that are around you as well? Is there an era of nervousness? I think there is a bit of an era of nervousness for any North London derby, but this is by far the most important North London derby that I can remember since, you know, those classic top four runs of uh, old. This is huge. Very, very, very huge. Um, John says, sorry, I only got my animation in after the match. <laughs> Had to wait for the final score. <laughs> Brandon says, morning, Tom. I'm super nervous for Tottenham game. What do you reckon? Can we win it? We well, can absolutely win it. But we need to make sure that we don't play into Spurs' hands. We need to have a plan. We need to have a plan that enables us to be as effective as possible whilst reducing how vulnerable we are from their counter-attacking style which is as we know exceptionally good so we're going to need to be on it like so incredibly on it on Thursday the nerves the pressure we need to put them to one side and just play how we can play to the best of our ability Mark says when did we last have two fullbacks play well Cedric was like Tavares great going forwards Poor defensively, um I thought that Cedric was mixed, I thought he really was, as you say, Marcus great going forward. Some of the deliveries he was putting into the box was excellent. uh It was interesting seeing Tommy Asu play on the left hand side, that was purely in my view because of Rafinha playing on the on on their right hand side, our left. I imagine that Tommy Asu will return to the right hand side in order to see, to deal with human son. Uh, because as we know son is an exceptional footballer and we will need our best fullback playing in that position and that is Tommy Asu so Tavares could come back in and play on the left hand side or Cedric could start on the left we'll have to wait and see but we wanted Tommy Asu to cope and deal with the biggest threat of the day which was Rafinha and it will be son on Thursday um Nathal says uh, was that or Nati sorry says uh, what was was that the last time we will see Pepe in an Arsenal shirt. Maybe not. He may come on as a sub, but, you know, it was one of the worst substitute performances we've seen. And I've said this time after time after time that when you bring on Pepe and you're already in a winning position, it is the worst substitution that we can do. I know that Saka was injured, but we could have maybe brought on Tavares instead of moving forwards or moved Smith over to the right or Martinelli over to the right, put Tavares on ahead of uh, Tommy Yasu on the left-hand side. That's probably what I would have done. i just... Pepe is is done for me um, and has been, to be fair, for a long time. I know that I've given him stick and I know that people say I'm a Pepe hater and I'm really not. I just don't think he's good enough for Arsenal. I think that the system doesn't suit him. I think the football doesn't suit him. I think the club doesn't suit him. The league doesn't suit him. And he'd be better off, you know, trying to find a new club where he can show off the ability that we all know that he has. It's going to cause us a big, big loss on our investment. We know that, but it was from a previous regime. And to be honest, the more that we move away from that previous regime, the better. Uh, John says, Tom, while we have time to mock Spurs and Chelsea later, can we take a moment to admire how much better we are than United? Hashtag glorious. It is great. I mean, just seeing them lose 4-0 to Brighton is brilliant, right? It's the most comedic level of amusement that you can find seeing Brighton absolutely batter United. Not only batter them, obviously it means that fifth place is the worst place that we can finish on this season. The best place we can finish is still third because Chelsea... You know, that draw against Wolves is big. They now play Leicester. I think they play Leeds in midweek. They then got the FA Cup final. I think they've still got to play Leicester. And then they've got, what, Watford on the last day of the season, maybe? Um, They can drop more points. They can definitely drop more points. And we've got three games left and, you know, hopefully you can win all three of them. I think if we do win on Thursday, it will be very difficult to kind of keep the momentum going, knowing that fourth place is secured. It's like when teams have already won the title. It's very difficult to keep the momentum and the form going after their season's kind of done. And, you know, you've celebrated. But if third place is still there for the taking, you know, this team have really got to go for it. We've really got to try and push ahead and try and finish as th- as high up the table as feasibly possible. Paradox says one of those games where if you were to watch it back, despite frustration from missed chances, it was a very comfortable game. Just the anticipation of conceding that horror equalizer in the moment. And this is kind of how I reflected upon it yesterday evening when I was watching the Formula One. Um I I reflected on it in the sense that we should have won that game by more. Leeds created one opportunity up until about the 85th minute where they had two more chances where they arguably could have taken them. Gabriel, I thought, did fantastically well to do with Dan James when Dan James looked like he was going through. But yeah, I I thought we dealt with Leeds on the most part brilliantly. Um, And it was just that, you know, one flick on. That's the first goal, you know, that record of clean sheet, not clean sheets, but not conceding from set pieces. That's over. We have now conceded from one, um, and it was a very, very good set piece with a good flick on and a good finish from Urente. Um, that, that was the first two touches that Leeds had had in our box. And I thought the first half performance was one of the best that we've had all season. You know, it really was a strong, dominant, controlled. Leeds didn't have a shot in the entire first half. And this is a Leeds team that go all out. You know, this isn't a Leeds team that sit back, absorb pressure. Jesse Marshall said his team are going to go for it in these last few games to try and stay up. And they remained compact still, but we limited them. You know, we really limited them to what they were capable of doing. And we've got to try and frustrate and suffocate Spurs in the same way on Thursday in a very, very hostile arena and hope that we can come out with the victory. Uh, Lintz has got very emotional when The Angel was sung, especially when the players ran out. I was so proud. Look, that song is not going to be to everyone's taste. I get that. And to be honest, the amount of people I saw tweeting negative about it, it's just miserable. It's, it's really miserable. If, if you dislike something where we're trying to create, you know, a bit of an anthem, a tune that everyone can sing, and if you're out, going out of your way to tweet negatively about it, I would question. I would really question kind of where your head's at with that. It's a song. If you don't like it, you don't have to sing it. Um, but I wouldn't be going around saying, I refuse to sing this melody, it's not for me. <laughs> Why would you do that? But for those that did sing it, you know, and for those that were taking part or those that just didn't know the words, but were trying to get involved as much as they can, you know, fair play. Because we need to make the atmosphere at the Emirates as good as possible. Just because it's not necessarily a song that everybody likes doesn't mean that it's got to be the worst thing in the world. I thought it was great to hear it, great to have it done, great seeing Louis there um, in, in the ground. I mean, what a moment for him. You know, a local singer-songwriter makes a song, and uh, all of a sudden it's being played at the Emirates and he's meeting the players. So hopefully this is something that, you know, we can see start to build momentum at the club because it would be great if we can have this song ahead of each game. Um, it would be massive for us. Absolutely massive. Uh, Coop Dog says club don't want to uh, DNA will tell ta- oh, club DNA will just ta- <laughs> thinking what abbreviation is this? The Arsenal DNA will take over this game. Spurs will bottle it. I hope that you're right. Uh, Chilongu says, don't you think keeping Elneny and Nketiah for squad depth is a good idea? And don't you think Elneny is underappreciated? Yes, I'm planning on doing something specifically on Elneny today because he needs some credit. And Arteta needs some credit as well for really taking Elneny's game to another level, I think, in these last few games against Chelsea, Man United, West Ham, and now Leeds as well. I think, you know, we've, there's a real good opportunity here to see El Elneny, Elneny's game improve and go to a level where he becomes part of the fabric of the club, becomes one of the most experienced players in the team. And that's a really important factor to have at clubs. You know, some players go on into their early 30s, and I feel that like Elneny can do that. I don't feel like necessarily he's the type of player that's level will fall away because he's just a very decent footballer and I think can add plenty of depth and, you know, improve our t- our squads overall. Uh, People talk about kind of, oh, you know, if we'd have had European football this season, we wouldn't have been able to cope. And the honest answer is you're probably right. We wouldn't. But that's because this squad that we've got right now isn't designed for European football. It's designed to cope with a season without it. And I think that's what people are missing right now. Okay, Uh, let's jump into some more questions. Jacob says, I think uh, the North London derby, Arteta will play smith Row instead of Martinelli. Martinelli was great. Martinelli was absolutely brilliant in yesterday's game. I thought he just ruins Leeds' right hand side. His technical ability was showing was, was fantastic. The crosses into the box <clears throat> were, were just brilliant. I couldn't really fault his performance. I'm just going to take a quick break to have a drink because I can feel like <laughs> I can feel this is coming through. Be back in two seconds. <coughs> It's fine. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm gonna try and we're gonna try and muddle through this. <laughs> I'm dying this morning. Uh, Dan says, Tom, don't you think we lack a killer instinct that keeps under nece- under unnecessary pressure when we could have killed the game as soon as possible? That is in part, in my view, down to the the youth, you know, in the team. Um, We've got a lot of young players. I mean, that forward line yesterday was made up of 22-year-old Nketiah, 23-year-old Erdegaard, 20-year-old Martinelli, 20-year-old Saka. You know, that's such a young group of attacking players. They're not the finished article. They've got plenty of areas that they need to develop. They've got plenty of areas of the game that they need to improve, clinical finishing being one of them. But I think now what? All of them have over 10 goal contributions across this season. Every single one of them does. That's 40 goal contributions plus between all of them. It's impressive. It is what it is for players of that age in the Premier League, you know, playing at the top level. It's really, really important that that theme, that that run continues. Maybe keeping in is it. That's the question that I'm going to ask you guys in today's chat box, though. And I have to ask the question is, do you renew his contract because it's becoming a question that i know is becoming a lot more difficult to answer and that's a good thing you know it's it's a good thing that it's going to cost a certain amount of um i was just say money but i think it's more so it's going to cost us maybe signing a forwards and for a lot of people that is a barrier too far to to cross they would want to see us move on from Enketia and, and bring in two forwards but who knows? Maybe you won't. Maybe Balogun's route is you know, still there and would be compromised if we did resign sign So let's type in this poll, would you now renew Eddie Nketiah's contract? There's your question. Get voting on the poll, and uh, we'll revisit that towards the end of today's show to see where you guys are kind of at in regards to... Eddie's future at Arsenal. Uh, Let's scroll down a little bit more. So, first of all, I'm probably people laughing at me while I'm (laughs) struggling to get through today's show. Um, Be right back. Cough. Okay, That's pretty much how it was, Louis. Pretty much how it was. Um, Neil says, tactically, Arteta had the best game plan in Tommy at left-back. High praise to Xhaka and Elneny. Again, Xhaka was awesome. Xhaka was so good. Just so consistent. And every time I've said, like, you know, I want to bring in a midfielder, I want to bring in someone that's going to improve the team, don't get me wrong, it's, it's got to be where we're looking to move next season is bringing in a player that can improve that midfield. But upgrading on Granite Xhaka is going to be really, really difficult to achieve. Uh, and that's a testament to how good he has been so far this season. Uh, Al Kanpun says, uh, with Tommy being a really good defender, should we go all out on an attacking left-back? To complement the team, a Cancelo-esque. I think that's maybe why we're seeing um Aaron Hickey linked with the club because it seems like he could be that type of player, 19 years of age, but has scored plenty of goals, assisted goals as well. I think there's opportunities for us this season and in this summer window to add more depth and more options to the fullback position. So I think that's maybe what we will see. And his ampidextrous uh, that also really helps with having a player that can play on both sides of the fullback position uh tom says get the contract out put it on the table let him put whatever number he wants on it give it give him what he's done since he's come in and ketia is at the wheel and this is the one thing that he asked for and we've you know we've known this for quite some time and ketia has consistently said and i remembered in that interview give me the opportunities and see what happens Give me the chance to play successive games. Give me the chance to play this game, followed by this game, followed by this game, and see what happens. And Mikel Arteta in his post-match interview said, you know, he's finally in an environment where he's proving that he always knew that he was this good. He just was never able to give him the opportunity because he believed someone like Lacazette was going to be able to give us more. And to be fair, there was a period where he was with the amount of assists he was bringing to the team, not necessarily goals, but certainly assists. And Ketty is not going to give you the assists in the same way. That said, did get one for Pepe against Wolves. It's it's a different style of player. Um, but that's that's the success that we've had with Nketiah, is, is goals. And that's all you can ask for from a player like him. Let's scroll down the chat box a little bit more and see what you guys are coming up with. Again, apologies to my voice this morning. <laughs> I was screaming at the telly quite a lot yesterday. Greg says, hi, Tom. I think we should play defensive against Spurs and hit them on the break like we did at the Emirates. They have to win, so it goes against their style of play. It's a very, very true point. However, I think Conte would come out of that game knowing that a draw is still a very decent result. The reason why I say that is because our games against Newcastle and Everton are tough. You know, they're really tough. Newcastle, despite losing 5-0 yesterday, you know, that's two two of the goals against Newcastle in the last few minutes and Newcastle have been a very, very good side. They're also getting Cannon-Wilson and Kieran Trippier back very soon, if not already, because they're in the squad now. They're going to be a very, very difficult team to play on Monday. So I think that Conte will see a draw as still an opportunity for Spurs because they can beat Burnley and they can beat Norwich quite comfortably, I feel. Um, or as Arsenal going up against Newcastle and Everton is going to be tricky. So I still think they'll try to, to, to you know, to, to stifle Arsenal as much as possible, but... They, they do need to come out. They do need to come out, and they do need to try and win the game as much as possible because that gives them the best opportunity. Um, let's wait and see. Uh, Effie says, Tom, do you think parking the bus is a good idea for at least a draw or an ugly win? Look, I think that we need to play in a certain way that means we aren't giving them the opportunity to play what they want to, which is the counter-attack because it's the best <clears throat> possible way that they can score. And we overcommitted against them at their place last season. I remember when Jose Mourinho was manager, we played exactly into his hands. We played to exactly what they wanted to do. And I think we lost 2 0 and Kane and Son both scored, and there was nothing we could do. You know, the, the game where Arteta pushed Thomas Partey back onto the field, we can't be doing that again. We can't be in a situation where we are so overcommittal in our attack. Do we then go to a back three? I don't think so. I think we still stick with the back four and have Xhaka and El I think they give you enough protection. Uh, it's not like having, say, Xhaka and Partey, where Xhaka's playing slightly further forward. It's maybe a bit different than that, because El Elneny and Xhaka both sit in. Erdegaard also plays quite deep at times. I think we've got enough quality to beat him, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we've got a super chat come in. We're going to have to tackle that quickly. Uh, Dirks, thank you so much for um, the support. Really appreciate it. That's a very kind of you. Uh, if Eddie signed in January, do you think we'd view him differently Considering his age and records and prospects, four goals is a good return so far. If we'd have signed a 22-year-old striker in Eddie Nketiah in January that sat on the bench and, you know, was then given an opportunity against Chelsea and scored twice, you know, all of us would be sitting here and saying, you know, he needs to start next season, he needs to be given more game time. It's a really good question because it frames the situation so differently. I also raised this question on the Arsenal way yesterday. I said, if you, right now, if I said you can have three more years at Arsenal of one player, <clears throat> the other one leaves this summer, Nketiah or Balogun, who do you choose? And you know, I actually have started to lean towards Nketiah on this. Um, Balogun is a risk. Balogun is um, is a player full of potential, Sure. But there are no senior guarantees with Balogun. He's got next to no Premier League experience. He's still yet to score. I think his first um, n- uh, in England. You know, I know he scored in the Europa League and scored against Dundalk and scored against um, who was the other team? Complete <laughs> Malmo was it or Mulder? One of the two um, in the Europa League. But he's still yet to score. You know, in these in the cup games, he's still yet to score a Premier League goal. And I think that Enketia right now, and I know it goes against everything I've said before, but there's more I see in his game that gives me encouragement over Balogun, which might seem mad, but I see more in these last four games than I've seen throughout Balogun's opportunities. And yeah, he's two years younger, so it probably makes sense. But I think that's a testament to Enketia right now. It's a testament to Enketia and what he's doing right now. Uh, And that's the most important thing about his game is that he just keeps putting it down and keeps doing what he's doing. But at the moment, there's no sign that he's going to sign that new deal. There's no indication that he's going to sign that new deal whatsoever. Uh, Neil says, Tom, does Tommy's contract have a buyout clause? If not, we need to go and give him a contract of a 70 million buyout clause. I don't know. Arsenal don't tend to put buyout clauses in player contracts. I'm not. Aware of any time where that's happened. I don't think it has one in it, but it's not to say that it definitely doesn't, but I'm not aware of that either. Uh Dogen says, Ornstein says that Tielemans is our top candidate for midfield. Watch your thoughts on this? It's not surprising. Arsenal have had an interest in him for a long time. Arteta has admired him for a long time. There were discussions in January about whether something could be done, but Arsenal focused their attention on trying to sign... Uh, a striker Uh, the the price for Telemans in January was too high uh, and so that's why they didn't end up pushing for it but in the summer it's significantly lower than what it was still 30 to 40 million pounds is the expectation that it would cost for Telemans but uh, you know Arteta really likes him and I think people will judge Telemans on this season too greatly I do prefer other options. I do question whether Tielemans replaces Xhaka right now um, in terms of form, because in terms of form, he certainly doesn't. You know, if you, if you had a choice between Xhaka and Tielemans to play on Thursday against Spurs, I, you know, I, I think you find it hard to find a big proportion of people that would choose Tielemans over Xhaka. Uh, and I think that Tielemans' defensive abilities have been questioned a lot this season, his application as this season has been questioned a lot. But the club like him and the club feel they can get more from him than he's currently shown at Leicester. So let's see what happens in the summer. But you can't doubt that he's got a lot of talent and that, you know, he would represent another another Premier League signing from a good Premier League side and who starts for them. And that's been one of the big key differences, this era of Arteta, is that we're going out and we're trying to sign players from other Premier League clubs. You know, Ramsdale, I know he came from the Championship because Sheffield United got relegated, but you know that he's been playing in the Premier League for a number of years um sure relegated twice but I think we can see from Ramsdale's done this season that's been a really good signing Ben White from Brighton in my opinion has been our best defender this season I think that you know that signing's been really important for us and then also Yuri Tillemans would represent another step forwards in that arena um for Arsenal next season on top of maybe a striker that we can bring in as well Um, Paul says, Tom, no clean sheets in seven games. Should our priority on Thursday be a clean sheet? Uh, We're still going to have to score. You know, if we want to get Champions League on Thursday, we've got to score. What I would say is that I don't think I'm necessarily worried about the clean sheet issue because, one, we've been missing our starting left back. Two, we've been without Tommy Asu for many of those games. Three, we've been without Ben White for the last two games. You know, we've had someone missing or two players missing at times from our back four and frankly it's it's mad when you consider it like that like yesterday we had holding and cedric as our right-sided right back and center back that's the situation we had. we had tommy asu playing at left back it was a makeshift defense like three of the five that played yesterday in the positions aren't starters tommy asu isn't a starting left back he's a starting right back so three of the five of our back four back five including the goalkeeper was not uh, what we're used to. It's not our best. It's not to our top ability. Going into the hardest run of games that we've had. We played against Chelsea. We had Ben White at right back. We played holding. And, you know, we had Tavares. It was it Tavares? I think it was in against Chelsea. Um, it's mad, you know, the expectation, of what we've had at the end of the season. We've had no Partey. Partey has been our best player up until he got injured in 2022 with, with, with ease. And we've lost him. It shows you what we've turned around. It shows you how impressive we've been in the last few games, the expectation on the squad and how much we need to improve the squad in the summer in terms of transfers to improve that depth in the team as well. That's going to be really key. Um, Let's go to Cam, which is the Carabao, not Prem. Uh, Went to all of them. Zana says Tillemann's stats have been good this season. The stats have been good. It's just that consistency in his performance that not, not has not necessarily been there this season. Um, Adebola says Harry Kane at 22 wasn't as good as Eddie is right now. Um, Freddie says uh, <laughs> you think Elneny is go- is better going forward than Tielemans? No, but that's not the position that, El- that Tielemans is going to play and he's not going to replace Elneny. Elneny's playing as a replacement to Thomas Partey right now. And that's the deepest position in our midfield. And actually... I'm going to do a little bit of an expose on, on Elneny and his forward passing because it's definitely changed. You know, his pass into uh, Martin Odegaard yesterday, where Martin Odegaard dragged his shot wide, was one hell of a forward pass. And I'll tell you, his forward passing has maybe gone a little bit underappreciated in, in these last few games. Definitely, definitely been underappreciated, has Mohamed Elneny. Um, let's go to Manu, who says, would you agree that Tillemans is the type of signing you have to build your team around? Absolutely. You know, if the thing about Tillemans at Leicester right now is that he's looked to be the star. He's looked to shine in the midfield um, and they need him to be the standout player. At Arsenal, Tillemans won't be the standout. Tillemans will be part of the machine. Tillemans will have a player like Odegaard to compliment him and have players like Partey behind him to compliment him players on the wide areas like Saka and Mané, and hopefully a top-class striker as well in the summer. Now, there's a real opportunity for Arsenal to level up their squads with a player like Tillemans, and I think he would benefit also from the players that are around him. Uh, Fungavan says, I think that we should sign Kukurea as a backup left-back because, unfortunately, a backup left-back behind Kieran Tierney means you'll often have to play due to injuries. I, don't, I like Kukure a lot. Versatile, can play left back, can play left wing back, can even play on the left wing. Certainly a player that I'd be open to see a signing, but I'm not sure he's a player that would be open to joining as a backup when he's playing week in, week out. At the moment, Jay Dime saying Schick's got another brace. Uh, yes, unsurprising, because Schick is my number one striker pick, because he's the best person, in my view, to take us forward in that position. Uh, David says, if leads go down, surely Phillips and Rafinha is a no-brainer. Uh, I think is going to be off to Barcelona. Won't be wanting to compete with Bakayo Saka. Phillips, I don't think is an upgrade on Granite Xhaka. Just going to put that out there. I don't think he's an upgrade on Granite Xhaka. I don't I don't think that he is. Uh, check Perk says, give a shout out to my best friend who is a fake AFC fan and secret Spuds fan named Galen. There <laughs> so you go, Check. Um, Hanez says, Tillemans has made uh, more mistakes this season. Alone, pens and dispossessions than Xhaka has in his entire Arsenal career. Um, as I said, I think the judging Tillemans purely on this specific season is an inaccurate representation of, a, of the player that he is. That doesn't mean that you disregard it, but I think it's certainly one that you look at in context rather than just appreciating what he can do. You need to take into account you know, that this season's been difficult, his, his future is uncertain, he's not fully committed to... To plan for Leicester, their season has been pretty poor. The players unavailable around him; he's not had Wilfred and Didi for a lot of the season, I don't think either. So I do have sympathy for the season, but it doesn't give me wild confidence that you know he's going to come in and be the player that we need to be. Uh, Franklin says, "Tom, why are we hypocritical about Nketiah? Uh, We say that he will uh, block the path path for Balogun, but the two strikers we will sign will also block." Balogun's path. I think they will, but it's about signing the two strikers and Nketiah. Uh, I think that's. I don't think that's necessarily hypocritical to say that. I think it's about saying if we sign two strikers and renew Nketiah, then you've got to loan out Balogun again. You know, Balogun will have to go on loan for the whole of next season uh, and then you make a decision on his future. It's, it's you know, it's unrealistic. Uh, sorry, it is realistic that we could renew Nketiah and then he could be sold in a year's time if he's not happy with the amount of games he's getting. But I do feel like we're going to be getting a lot of um, games next season where he's going to get opportunities to play. That said, the Champions League games, even in the group stage, because we could, I don't know what pot we would be in, whether it would be pot two or pot three. We've not been in the Champions League for a long time. So maybe pot three is where we would go. I still would hope it's pot two, um, but I feel like it's it would most likely lean towards pot three because we've been out of it for so long. In which case, at least two of those games are going to be very, very difficult. Very, very difficult indeed. Uh, Mitch says, why do people think Granit Xhaka might be leaving? I don't know. He's definitely not. Like, because I think that was obviously a, my my colleague Chris Whitley reported that the expectation is that Roma are still very interested in him and that he could still leave. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere at all. Sco says, yes, Tom, What that's what I think. Protecting his value and being smart is part of it. Sign him and play him and sell him later or he makes it hard to sell him absolutely uh Constantine, yes Chuameni is is definitely a player that I prefer to see join over Tielemans I think there's more potential in him but I don't think Arsenal at the moment are of the caliber of the Liverpools of the Real Madrid's that are going for him in the summer and that's what we need to get to so that we can sign players like Chuameni when those profiles come up again that Arsenal are in the bracket of those clubs that can attract those types of players um Amir says, Tom, do you also smell that humble pie? It's made by Super Mick Arteta, Gary Neville and some other Arsenal fans. Look, we haven't done it yet. We still need to get to the top four. We still need to beat Spurs. Um, The humble pie for a lot of people may be in the oven right now, but we still need to get there. We still need to get into the top four. We still need to achieve that and confirm that. And that's not done yet. So let's just wait and see what happens. Um, Sinel says, Tom is too early, uh, for the parts. uh, Tom says five subs next season, uh, two. So more rotation will be possible in the league games to keep the fringe players involved and happy up. Very, very true. You know, five substitutions coming in next season are going to be very, very, uh, very, very key. Indeed. Aaron says, Fab just tweeted about Tillemans and Arsenal are mentioned. Well, I think he's probably tweeted about that because David Ornstein released, you know, a piece literally talking about uh yuri tillemans and arsenal uh david yeah i mean david Ornstein tweets it three minutes ago and fabrizio romano comes out one minute ago saying there are three top clubs interested in tillemans he's going to leave leicester after a new deal turned down months ago arsenal are discussing tillemans since january is I did i not just say that like you know we were in there in january so you know uh it's just, it's aggregation is what that is. Uh, Don White's Tom. I don't think Tillemans has the energy Arsenal need. And I think in is not clinical and not technical enough. We really need Schick to give us more identity up front. It's a fair comment. Manu says when a player tells the club, they want to leave. Do you judge them for not giving a hundred percent every game? Alexis Sanchez always gave his, all. Alexis Sanchez gave his all, but the season in which he left, he wasn't good. That first six months, he wasn't that good. Compared to what we'd seen from Alexis Sanchez, you know, over the period of time that he'd been here, um, it was comparatively of a lower level. And that, I think, bled into his time at Man United. So perhaps we'll use that as an example to say that that would happen with Tillemans. I don't know. But it's a big risk, and they've got to take that. All big signs are going to be a risk. All of them have got a risk associated with them. They cost a hell of a lot of money. But that's the, that's the risk that you run when you spend as much as you do. So let's wait and see. Uh, Don says, Tom, I don't think Telemans has the energy Arsenal need. And I think Enketia is not clinical and not technical enough. We really need Schick to give us more identity up front. I think I've already read that. Uh, Paradox is true of many competition, most likely just United, Chelsea or Liverpool. Apparently, Real have said that they want him, but they will not get him until next year. So we would have to wait. Liverpool with a big team, Chelsea as well. If we can finish above Chelsea, who knows what that would represent in the market. And we don't know how much they're going to be able to spend in the summer. Look, there's nothing wrong with giving many a shot because we absolutely should try and go and sign these level of players. But the expectation that we would definitely sign him over someone like Liverpool, I think is not yet a fair expectation on the club. Uh, let's scroll down a bit more. Prez says uh, we should sign Jasper Carlson. Uh, unbelievable talent from the era Eredivisie, better than Anthony. Check him out. Ian says, let's not get into this recency bias and renew Eddie's contract. He is not clinical enough. We are comparing him to Laka, which is not difficult this season. Let's have a quick look on how clinical um, Eddie Nketiah is. Let's have a quick check on how clinical the guy is. If we have a quick look at his XG and his goals this season. That would give us a good idea of measuring how clinical Eddie Nketiah has been. If we go on Weisska and we have a look at the 2021-22 season, uh, his XG is 9.05 and he has scored 10 goals. So across the whole season, Eddie Nketiah was expected to score 9.05 goals and he scored 10. So I'm sorry, but saying he's not clinical enough across the whole of this season and what we've seen this season is incorrect, Diane factually incorrect because the XG tells us uh, that he's, he was only expected to score 9.05 and he scored 10. So there you go. Uh, Akil, thoughts on Tommy at left back, Gabby, Bob and Ben Wyatt in a right back position? It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, Akil. And actually, it's not something I'd even considered uh, is going for a back four of, of those guys. Uh, it's very defensive. It doesn't give you much in terms of fullback support. I don't know if that's the right way to go about it, but it would give us quite a good, solid back line for the game. Maybe that's something that we do. Because I don't think Holdings... <laughs> There's no reason why Holdings should be dropped at the moment. holding has been playing brilliant. You know, Holdings has been very, very solid for Arsenal. So maybe that's the route that we go down. Maybe that's what we do. That guy there says, I felt that Xhaka was a bit blunt in the final third. Don't get it wrong. He was very good in the middle and controlling the tempo. I felt that in the final third, he was a bit of a weak point. What are your thoughts? I don't know if the stats are out yet in Xhaka's game yesterday, but we can have a quick check on whether or not he was indeed blunt in the final third. Please have the stats from yesterday's game. It's just loading for me. It's taking a long time for some reason, which I know is not the most exciting of of things for you to watch. I'm currently looking at a buffering circle. There we go. And yes, they are out. Let's share the screen so you guys can see it. So you're not just seeing me talk about it. Uh, We can share the screen. Here we go. Share. Um, so you should now be able to see on your screen uh Xhaka against Leeds. Let's go to passing and have a quick check on this. Boom, 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 boom. Come on. <laughs> Here we go. So passing 83% passing accuracy. Uh passes into the final third, 90%. Attempted 10 passes, completed nine of them. Is that blunt? I'm not sure passes into the penalty area 10 40 percent pass accuracy there slightly lower but you would expect that for a pass let's have a look at those passes and what they looked like I wish I could zoom out there we go so one of those was a key pass uh, which I can't show I wish I could show you but copyright would kill me um but I think actually no I don't think he was blunt at all in fact that's one of the most direct pieces of play that we've seen from Granite Xhaka so far Um, this season. I mean, if you compare that to previous games, 10 passes into the penalty area yesterday uh, against West Ham, he made three, against Man United, four, against Chelsea, three, against Southampton, seven. I'm, I'm scrolling down. It might even be the most passes into the box he's done this entire season. I'm actually already into the Europa League of last season. Yesterday was the most passes Xhaka has made into the penalty area since it might take a while for us actually to find the game where we made more than 10 in one game um scrolling down more still nothing scrolling down more still nothing <laughs> oh 12 there we go the last time it wasn't even for arsenal it was for switzerland against gibraltar so we're still gonna have to keep scrolling here we go nope still for switzerland keep going down <laughs> is it going to be impossible to find the time 11 was that for arsenal It was. So the last time that Xhaka played at least 10 passes into the penalty area or attempted 10 passes was against Barté Borisov in the 2019 Europa League. I assume that was group stage. Uh, When was it? Uh, Oh, no, it, it wasn't in the group stage. So it was actually in the round of 16. So, no, not so blunt, it turns out. It turns out he was actually very, very good yesterday. Coop Dog says, Tom, just violating the entire whole chat with stats. It's what I do. It's what I do. (laughs) Stats will always give you a better look at what players are. I know that people want to talk about the eye test, but in my view, stats are brilliant to use if you use them in the right context. And I think that definitely shows that Xhaka yesterday was not blunt and actually was very, very good in the final third. Uh, Lynn says, I think that, st- uh, that set up yesterday was to see how it could work on Thursday, and it worked. So I think that is what you will see on Thursday. Maybe it is what we'll do, Lin. Maybe we'll go with the same again. I think Tommy Asu would have to play on the other side unless you bring Ben White in over Cedric to deal with Hume Min Son, but we'd have to wait and see. Nanu um, says, Tom, please grace the chat of Gappo's brilliant stats. Don't worry, we will. But at the end of the season, we'll be doing our tactical breakdowns on all of Arsenal's transfer targets. Don't you worry. We'll be breaking down uh, plenty. Sam says, Tom, I think what the guy meant was by Xhaka being blunt, meant that he lacks an attacking threat in the box, not his passing. But that's not, that's not what we've expected from Xhaka, Sam. I don't think des- just describing Xhaka as blunt in the final third, is like saying, I don't know, Rafinha was in Tomiyasu's pocket yesterday. It's just a fact. Like He's not going to be that type where he gives you a goal or he gives you a defence-splitting pass always. But he managed to get four accurate passes into the box yesterday, did Granit Xhaka, one of them being a key pass to create a, a clear goal-scoring opportunity. So I don't think that it is fair to say that you know, yesterday's performance was epitomized Xhaka being blunt in the final third or in the attacking third because nine of his 10 passes into the final third reached their target and he managed to get four accurate passes into the box, including one key pass. So I don't think necessarily that describing Xhaka as blunt is fair in this note. Neither do I think it's fair to say that Enketier isn't clinical considering he's outperforming his XG for this season. Just my take... Just my take on things, uh, backed up by evidence. Uh, Neil says buyout clause and sellout clause are two smart things Arsenal need to include in a contract. Buyout clauses, no. We don't need to include buyout clauses. Sellout clause, sell, out, sell on clauses, Neil, are something that we need to include, but buyout clauses, no. I don't want them inserted into deals. We need to be in control of our players' future. Um, not. We don't need to be in a position where we're not looking at that. Uh, Let's go to Simon, who says, do you think players that react like Rafinha and clearly ignore a booking and continue to protest should be sent off? Look, Rafinha should have gone yesterday. Rafinha should have been sent off. Factually. He got a yellow card and then continued to dissent and swear at the referee. And the referee did everything in his power to ignore him. It's not what you want to do. Gabriel Martinelli, you know, was sent off for those two challenges. Rafinha wasn't sent off for those two bouts of dissent. Granite Xhaka does that. Who knows? Dare I say it? <laughs> Dare I say it? Yeah, Abbey, uh, well, you do have to pay for Weisska, unfortunately. It's quite expensive. But if you're willing to pay for it, it's very, very good. Um, anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. Drop a like on the video, of course. Let's have a quick check on the poll before we wrap things up. Would you now renew Eddie and Ketia's deal? 66% of you say yes. 34% of you say yes. No, over 600 of you have voted. Thank you so much for the uh, the commitment on the chat. Please do drop a like before you go. It really does help out the channel. Uh, We'll have an Arsenal lounge later on this evening, eight o'clock tonight over on the Arsenal lounge. I'll be live at 10 a.m. this morning on the Arsenal way. Link in the description as always. And I look forward to bringing you more content throughout the week as we lead up to that North London derby. Have a fantastic evening and day. I don't know why I did that the wrong way around. Day and evening, you know what I mean. We'll see you later. Have a good one. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute.
0: That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.